Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Jump right into it. Is that all right? Um, I want to I wanna, uh, talk to you for a few minutes from the subject, From Bondage to Breakthrough. As the title of my message this morning is From Bondage to Breakthrough. From Bondage to Breakthrough. Will you say that with me? From Bondage to Breakthrough. From Bondage to Breakthrough. And I want to go into uh, Exodus chapter 6, verse 6. We're going to look at the, the children of Israel, what they went through in their lives. Uh, to gain some context on some of uh, the, the battles they faced and why they thought a certain way, why they acted a certain way. And we're going to look at the life of Joshua uh, and, and how Joshua went through that process of transformation. Because I believe we can draw some principles that can help us. Because how many of you believe that God is always on the move? Come on, God always is doing a new thing. I'm telling you, some doors are about to open in your life. You're willing to receive it if you can see it. God is about to open some doors in your life to take more territory for the glory of God. Listen, we're in a battle here in San Diego County. Come on, God raised up Pastors Jurgen and Leanne and all the team, all of us together to be at this war. Did you know that Christianity, when you say yes to Jesus, you sign up for war? Come on, we are in a warfare. I'm telling you, it's, and what's beautiful is the kingdom of God is spiritual. It's a spiritual kingdom. And everything happens in the heavens. And it's a spiritual war we're in. And we're going to draw some principles that are going to help us believe for breakthrough. Amen? Exodus chapter 6, verse 6 says, Therefore say to the children of Israel, this is what the Lord is speaking to Moses. Therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage. Everybody say bondage. I will rescue you from their bondage and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will, I will rescue you from their bondage and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I want to set the stage for this morning's message and I want us to understand what the children of Israel were going through, what Moses was going through, what Joshua was going through. They, they were in bondage for 400 years. 400 years. Just, it's, it's, so, it's so difficult to comprehend 400 years because we, we don't get to live, you know, most of us don't get to live more than 110. I'm prophesying I'll get to 110, you know, maybe 120. But hey, like it's, it's, it's hard to understand 400 years. They say each generation is about 40 years. Picture 10 generations of bondage. Of bondage. Have you ever found yourself uh, saying things that your, that your mommy, mama said or your daddy said growing up? Or your granddaddy or your, your, your grandma said and you're like, oh my gosh, I sound just like my mom. I sound just like my dad. Be because th there are some things that get passed on from generation to generation to generation to generation. It'd be amazing to see and say, hey, you know, only the good things get passed on from generation to generation. That's not always the case. A lot of times the negative things get passed on from generation to generation to generation. Have you ever heard of the term generational curses? Generational curses, you know, it's very biblical. And, and our type of church believes in generational curses. That's why we have deliverance sessions, freedom sessions to get delivered from the stinking curses. But, you know, the argument could be made that 
that in Christ, as you, as you say yes to Jesus, as you are in Christ, you cannot be cursed because he took the curse. And it's true. When, when you say yes to Jesus, he went on the cross, he took the curse, and, and, and now we are blessed. I can't be cursed. We're blessed. You can't be cursed. You're blessed. However, however, the Bible says that our salvation is worked out with fear and trembling. There's a process of transformation that happens. Let me explain. If, let's, say, let's say that, you know, Johnny just walked in through those doors and he's going through some difficulty, difficult financial struggles. He's going through some poverty. Okay. He comes in. He's not a Christian, so he gets saved. And, and, and all of a sudden, you know, he's, he's now a Christian. He's born again. So what does the Bible say about poverty and prosperity? Well, the Bible says that God delights in the prosperity of his servants. The Bible says that when you tithe, he will open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing over you that there, there can't be any room enough to receive it. The Bible says that he will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. The, the, the Bible says, the, the Bible talks about prosperity. He delights in the prosperity of his servants. There's, there's so much, there's, there's, a, there's hundreds, thousands actually of scriptures of finances. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. The, the list goes on and on and on and on. Well, Johnny walks in through those doors, he gets saved, and, and, you know, he's going through some financial struggles. The next morning, he's going to wake up saved, but does that mean that he's going to have millions of dollars in the bank account? Why is that? Well, when we get saved and, and we are under the blessing, not the curse, it only means that we're no longer subject to the curses. I can now choose to remove myself from under the curse. And I can begin to believe God for the blessing and the prosperity. Come on, God, open doors. I'm going to give myself to education. I'm going to train myself. Come on, somebody. I'm going to join Pathfinders and learn what God, all that God wants to do in me and through me. I still have to give myself to competence. I still have to knock on some doors. I, I still have to work super hard. But now I can expect the blessing because I'm no longer under the curse. Are you catching what I'm saying? So, so we, 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 there are things that get pass, passed on from generation to generation. The children of Israel, they were four in slavery and bondage for 400 years. 400 years. Just to put it into perspective a little bit, have you ever, have you ever tried fasting for a week? You know, at the beginning of the year, I'm going to fast for a week, six days. I'm going to seek the Lord seven days because I need breakthrough in my life. Come on. Um, enough is enough. I went to church. The pastor called us to do a fast. And I have some battles that I'm going through in my life, some giants. But I know the Bible says that this can only come out by prayer and fasting. So you wake up Monday morning. You start your fast. And then it's noon and it's like, <laughs> I think the Holy Spirit says I'm released from my fast. Praise the Lord. You know, I'm not going to drink coffee for a week. You know, like three hours later, you're like, where's my coffee? It's so hard to stay focused for one day, a few hours, let alone a week, a month. Picture 400 years of bondage and slavery. And, and, and think of the, the traumas they went through. Picture, you know, let's say that the, the Jewish guy name is Solio. And Solio, I just came up with that, that name, praise the Lord. Solio. Solio wakes up, 
you know, and, and, and he's, he's, he gets ready to go to work and he works. And, and he's, not, he's, not, he's, he's not working like you and I. He's, he's, he gets to get whipped. And, and he's under the oppression and the bondage of the Egyptians. Day after day after day after day after day. I can guarantee you and promise you that after a few weeks or months or years of that, his mindset begins to change. He's no longer expecting blessing. What is he expecting? To get whipped. And it's now science, actually science proves, it's called epigenetics. Epigenetics proves that there are some things that get passed on from generation to generation. So, and especially trauma. When you and I go through some traumas, it impacts the way we think. It hits us a certain way. So I can imagine generation after generation after generation after generation that it would, were, were, were being, some things were being passed on from generation. When it comes to slavery and how they were thinking. For me, for example, my dad had some moral failures. And, and I remember at the age of four years old, so I, that, that was passed on to me. At the age of four years old, I get exposed to pornography. And, uh, and, and that began my journey of an addiction to pornography, my childhood years and my teenage years. Until the age of 19 that God touched me, God delivered me, God set me free. But then it now became a battle. Now, now I had to get up the next morning after I got saved. I, I no longer had to, be, had to be under the curse of the lust and, and, and the slavery of sin. I could come from under. And now I had to choose, but I still had to face the temptation. Every time I said no, I was winning a battle. Every time I said no, I was winning another battle. Every time I said no, thank you, I was winning a battle. Every time I said God has so, so much more for me, I was winning a battle. Every time I said no, God has a plan for my life, I was winning a battle. Every time I said no, I give myself from holiness to sanctification to consecration. I want all that God has for me. I'm going to give God my all in. I was winning a battle. And as I continue to win battles and battles by the grace of God I look back I'm like oh my gosh this is no longer a part of me I can tell you in all humility and by the grace of God it's been 20 years of freedom for me and God has the same for you you might be here this morning going through some you're like oh my gosh my parents kind of messed me up a little bit that happens to all of us you know we I have kids and gosh I'm trying my best but you know hopefully River and Harper won't be here 10, 20 years from now and be like, oh, my dad kind of messed me up a little bit. <laughs> but it happens. It happens. And, and I want to show you a video of, of how science now supports generational curses with epigenetics. Science has now learned, and it's so fascinating, is that the choices we make in life will alter how our genes are expressed. This is big. People need to really pay, sit up and pay attention to this because science is now confirming scripture. In lectures that I do, I often ask the audience, which is more scientifically accurate, the Bible or Charles Darwin? Well, guess what? It's the Bible. Darwin hypothesized that it was mutation over millions of years that caused his finches to have different beaks. Science has actually now proved it's epigenetic modification. Epigenetic, the, the instructions sitting above the genome, telling the genes how to express themselves, which are changed based on experience. What we go through in life, the foods that we eat, the choices we make, uh, the environment in which we live will actually alter the genes in, in telling which genes to turn on and which genes to turn off. What we know about genetics and addiction is that behaviors, sensations, input into the brain 
will use the DNA to change how the cell responds. And basically what happens is that genes are turned off or turned on based on what that response is. While the DNA doesn't change, the expression does. So the ability to be aware of environment, ability to respond may be genetically coded, but when we begin changing it, the term we use is epigenetically. When we change how that's expressed, we change the enzymes that are made, we change the response of the cell, and that change becomes a part of the genetic expression. but generally with one exposure to pornography. It's the repetitive, volitional exposure to pornography um, that will cause this type of uh, gene expression to happen, such that you alter your pleasure circuits and you alter the inhibitory feedback, which would tell you not to do this. And that's epigenetic modification, changing your brain function. When we have kids, we not only give the sequence to our kids, we will pass along the instructions two and three generations down. And so if we become addicted to stuff, we can pass along to our kids gene constellations that make them more vulnerable to addictions. Conversely, if we get victories over stuff, we can actually pass on advantages. There's good animal evidence that that change in expression can be transmitted to the offspring. Those enzymes, those mechanisms, those genes that are turned off may also be turned off in the next generation. So we can pass along both positive things in our life and or negative depending on the choices we make in life. And so the Bible is actually more scientifically accurate than Charles Darwin because we do pass down to our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren the experiences that we go through in life based on the epigenetic modifications. They will get not only our genes, but the instructions on how those genes are expressed. Many adolescents will say things like, hey, it's my body, I can do what I want only if you're never gonna have kids. If you're gonna have kids, it's not only your body, it's your kids, your grandkids, and your great-grandkids' body too, so be careful what you do with it. Don't think of it as a, as a battle you're just fighting for yourself. You're fighting for the very lineage that God gave you. And if you will break this curse, then your sons and your daughters have a better shot, and your grandchildren have a better shot. My son's name is Jubilee, because his dad took the courage to break the curses off of him. I want to invite you to do the very same thing for those you love. Come on. Ain't that amazing? Incredible how scientific the Bible is. So here you have the children of Israel that God just brought out of, of Egypt, of bondage and slavery. And they're on a pathway to breakthrough, on a pathway to the promised land. However... There still had to be some process they had to go through. That's why they went into the wilderness. Watch this. Let's go to um, uh, Numbers chapter 13. Numbers 13. 
And we'll start in verse 27 to 33. Numbers 13, 27 to 33. Here, here, they're on, the, on their path. They're on their way to the promised land. And, and Moses sent out the 12 spies to check out the promised land. One of them was Joshua. Joshua, mind you, had, was, was an Israelite. He had a, a, a mentality. He, he had gone through the same, the same things that were passed on to him of bondage and slavery. How was he able to respond when they encountered the giants? Watch this. Numbers 13, 27 to 33. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us, Moses. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, which are giants. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the man who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. My first point is be transformed. Be transformed. Be transformed. Here you have Joshua. Again, we, we don't have um, um, enough, the history of Caleb, <coughs> excuse me, of what caused him to think differently. Because you have 12 spies that were sent out. Ten of them came back with a negative report. And then somehow Caleb is like, no, we can do this. But we do have insight into the life of Joshua. That's why I want to look at the life of Joshua. Joshua, in, in Numbers 14, 6 through 10, same report as one of the 12 spies, and this is how he responds. But Joshua, the son of Nun, Caleb, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. And now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. How interesting that God brings, brings out the, the children of Israel out of bondage. And the first thing they encounter is a battle. Have you ever faced adversity in your life before or opposition? Have you ever gone through some battles? In fact, are you going through a battle today? Like, my gosh, I'm going through so many things in my life. They feel like I'm going through so many battles. Could it be that the purpose of God and the plans of God is to lead us, is to get us saved and lead us out of sin and slavery? And the first thing we're going to encounter is some battles. Could it be that it's all a part of the plan and the things we're fighting and facing and praying against? God, get me out of this. God, why am I going through this? It feels so hard. It's actually God trying to build something in you. Come on and say, no, it's actually a part of the plan. I'm trying to make you stronger. Come on, I'm trying to make you resilient. It's all a part of the plan. In fact, battles are an indicator. 
that you're on your way to your promised land. I got good news for you. If you're going through some battles today, whether they're spiritual, emotional, or physical, you're on your way to your promised land. So here's Joshua, though, that, that it's, 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 I can't fathom, like it's mind-boggling to me how he was able to respond with such faith when everything that was passed on to him of bondage and slavery. What, what did it for him? What environment was he in? Because your environment dictates a lot of how you think, how you see the world. The Bible tells us that Moses would bring Joshua, his assistant, up on the mountain in the presence of God. And he began to experience the presence of God. Joshua's like, oh my gosh, what is this? This is nothing that what I've experienced before. This is nothing of what I've felt before. In the presence of God, I feel free. I feel, I feel your anointing. I feel joy in the presence of God. It's like, it's like I don't want to leave this place. Then Moses would bring him in the, in the tabernacle, would bring Joshua, and the glory of the Lord would descend, and Moses would be in the tabernacle. He would come out with the glory of the Lord on his face. Nobody could see him. And the Bible says that Joshua would stay in the tabernacle. Joshua's like, oh, my gosh. And he began to develop an appetite for the freedom that God offers. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, the Bible says. So he begins to develop an appetite for freedom, for joy. And he's like, everything that was passed on to me, everything I've seen, everything I lived before is not the plan of God for my life. So he begins to experience this like, oh my gosh. Can I tell you, at Awaken Church, that's why Vision Builders is so important. At Awaken Church, we have a vision to launch 16 campuses in all of San Diego County. Why? We are creating an atmosphere of freedom. We are creating altars of transformation that people walk in through those doors and they get exposed to the presence of God. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is nothing like I've experienced before. The freedom, the love, the joy, this is nothing. I, I, I now have faith to believe for prosperity. I have faith to believe for fruitfulness. I have faith to believe for healing. I've never seen this before. What is it that I feel right now? It's, it's getting exposed to what life can be. Can I tell you the most powerful thing we get exposed to? Is that nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. Anything is possible. Whatever you're going through today, whatever battle you're facing, come on, whatever giant is on the, in, in front of you, God is able to overcome. God is able to anoint you so you can fight those giants, so you can conquer those giants. And so you can look on your lineage and be like, your daddy was strong enough and had the courage to fight for you. Your mama was strong enough and had the courage to fight for our lineage. I come on, I see a room full of curse breakers right now in the name of Jesus. Some of you have been, are fighting generational curses, but today is the day. Today's the day you take ownership. My God will fill you with courage and say, I'm going to fight those things in the name of Jesus. Joshua's like, oh my gosh. Wow. I feel free. I feel forgiven. I've never felt this before. 
So he comes out of the tabernacle and the mountain, and, and they go and spy out the land. Guess what Joshua's thinking right now? Yes, they're giants, but God is bigger. God is greater. God is more powerful. God is stronger. Come on, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If God is for me, who can be against me? If God's behind me, who can stop me? Nothing can stop me. I see the giants, but I see that God is bigger. I see that God is greater. I see that God is omnipotent. Be transformed. Be transformed. That's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. To be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's in the process of transformation. We get saved. We get in the presence of God. It's the environment of the presence of God. That's why it's so powerful to come to church on Sunday mornings, to come to church on Wednesday nights, to go to church, come on, to men and women's prayer, because you develop an appetite for the things of God. And when you encounter the darkness out there, and when you, and when you get those voices and whispers from the enemy that are trying to, to, to slow you down or to bring you down, you can recognize this does not feel like the presence of God. That's why it's so good to develop a habit of devotion, a devotional life. When no one is watching, you go into your secret place. You go into the room and you experience and encounter the glory of God and the anointing of God. You're on your knees crying out to God, God, bless me. God, will you move? God, where's your power? God, where's your anointing? It's in the presence of God. My wife and I went through some difficulties in our finances last year we we you know it was a big battle for us to to invest in a proper investment property home and we bought a house in park city we're like oh my gosh we're gonna airbnb that house it's gonna be powerful it's gonna be amazing well we went through it and i can tell you two years later it's been nothing but a blessing but if i had the wrong mindset i'd be like oh my gosh god is not for me god 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 doesn't love me god was not in this but now I understand based on scripture, when I experience opposition, I'm going to run towards it. When I experience opposition, I'm going to run towards it. Do you think the enemy, come on, do you think the devil would be like, oh, you want to take territory? Go ahead. You want more blood? Go ahead. Here's, here's, here's a red carpet for you. Hey, oh, devils. Here comes the, the, the anointed people of God. Come on, the people have awakened. They have a calling on their life. They have an assignment to take territory. Let's just move. Let's just get away from, from the San Diego County so they can, from East County. Just move away from East County. Devils, move away from East County so that so they can, they can take territory so we can raise up more pastors. Come on, so we can raise up more campus pastors. So, we, so they can raise up more leaders. Come on, so they can, we can have more people. We can have two, three services. Come on, because there's too many people coming the 9-11. Can you just get out of the way? Get out of the way so they can, come on, because they have a vision to reach all of East County, just get out of the way so they can take the territory. Do you think the devil thinks like that? Oh, but praise be to God. He said, I will build my church, Jesus said, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I will build my church. Come on, when you hit your life to the, come on, to the life of the church, to the vision of the church, you get to be a part of this amazing vision. Come on, and calling. 
One of my friends, I was talking to a friend about vision builders, and I said, hey, can you help us? We, we need to identify all, we have 16 campuses all over San Diego that we, we're going after. I said, come on, we, and you're amazing, bro. You're brilliant. Come on, join the team. How do you feel? I painted the vision, and he's like, well, I've done this before for my own business, and I know this, he said. His name is Eric, Eric Hepfer. He goes to Bresse. He said, whatever I come under, I know God will place me over. Whatever I come under, if I come under this vision of taking territory all over San Diego County, I know God will put me over in my own life, my own family. Come on, my own territory, God will put me over. That, I'm telling you, vision builders, this is not a vision builder's message, but it's so powerful. It has been the mechanism that God has used in our lives for Natalie and I to unlock us the most. There's nothing like it. Because you hit your life to the vision of the church of transforming lives. We're building altars of transformation and freedom for people. Can I hear an amen? My first point is be transformed. Be transformed like Joshua. Be transformed like Joshua. The environment you find yourself in is so powerful. I remember I was talking to Pastor Jurgen, and he goes, well, Marco, what would happen if you take a, a, an orange seed from Florida? You know, in Florida, they grow a ton of oranges. You take a, a really powerful seed from, orange seed from Florida, and you bring it to the soils of North Dakota, the most fertile soils in North, North Dakota. You plant it. Would it grow? I said, I don't know. He said, it won't grow. I said, why not? Because of its environment. Because of the atmosphere. It's the seed and the soil and the right environment. The right environment for you and I is the presence of God. I'm telling you right now. It's the presence of God that will set us free. Be transformed. Be transformed like Joshua. My next point is, second point is be resilient. Be resilient. Be resilient. Let me give you the definition of resilience. Is the process and outcome of successfully adapting to difficult or challenging life experiences, especially through mental, emotional, and behavioral flexibility and adjustment to external and internal demands. It's 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 the ability to adapt to difficult situations. God was building resilience in Joshua. God was building resilience in the children of Israel. The first step after getting out of Egypt was battles. Battles are a process, a part of the process of transformation. Most Christians don't ever, they, they don't ever get to the battles. They don't ever actually overcome the battles. They, they see the battle and they run away. Oh, God is not in this. The devil, no, the God is not a part of this because there's battles. You know, when, when Natalie and I were dating, we are just gotten saved. We started dating, and we are getting fights. We still do. Very strong, stubborn firstborns, both of us. And, uh, and we both think we're always right. I think I'm always right. She thinks she's always right. Of course, I know that I'm always right. Because I have the mic right now. Come on, praise the Lord. She's like, uh-uh-uh, I'm always right. So anyways, we go at it. But I remember... We started dating, and, 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 and I remember we get in fights, and I'm like, oh, God is not in this. Christian couples are not supposed to fight. 
if you're blessed, anointed, if God chose you, you're not supposed to fight with your, with your spouse. That's not what happens. So I'm like, God, you know, I don't know this girl you gave me. She keeps fighting with me. You must, you must not be in it. That's a word for somebody today. You're having the same questions with God. Is she the right one? Because you, you can't, you're not clicking, you're having, what if God was trying to transform you, husband? What if God was trying to humble you, husband? What if God was trying to show you that you lead, to lead the way, the way Christ loved the church, he went to the cross. Come on, love, husbands, love your wives the same way Christ loved the church. Be resilient. I'm telling you, the battles you're facing right now, it's the purpose and plan of God. Run towards it and overcome. Be resilient in the name of Jesus. God tells, here, I'll prove it to you. God tells Moses, hey, bring the people of, of, of get my people, my children of Israel, you know, out of Egypt. Let's go into the promised land. Moses said, all right, after a series of conversations, he's like, fine, I'll do it. He goes, and, and a plague <laughs> comes, the first plague. Not one plague, not two plagues, not three plagues, not four plagues. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten plagues. God said go. He goes in ten battles. Ten times he was opposed. Was God not in it? The Bible says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. God was building resilience in Moses. God was building resilience in Moses. God needed Moses to see that he was going to face some battles, but God would always show up. Come on, somebody. God will always show up. And when you try and you fail, you try again. And when you get back up again and you try again and you fail, you get back up again and you try again. And you try again and you try again and you try again and you try again. That's a word for somebody today. You've tried some things in your life and you've experienced some failure, but I'm here to tell you that your job is to get back up and try again. I feel the anointing right now. God is here. God is wanting to set some people free tonight. God is wanting to set me free. God is wanting to set you free. Joshua experienced transformation in the way he thinks because of the presence of God. And then they go to the first, first step is, okay, here come the giants. And God was in it. Not one time. You know how many battles Joshua had to fight? 31 kings he had to defeat. 31 battles. What do we call that? Resilience. Resilience. You're here today because you fought some battles and you've overcome. And now you're here again because you got other battles. But I'm telling you today, God is with you. God is for you. God will fight for you. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I'm telling you right now, the anointing of God. God sent me here today to remind you that God is for you. Do not give up. Do not quit. Be resilient in Jesus' name. And point number three is be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. So Joshua is just about to take on, on the mantle of leadership from Moses. And God encounters Joshua. And he tells him three things. Watch this. Joshua chapter 1. We'll read it together. Joshua 1, 5 through 9. 
Joshua 1, 5 through 9. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. These are, these are the words of your heavenly father. These are the words of our God. These are the words that he, he, that's why it's so good to get into the scriptures and remind ourselves of all that God thinks about us and, and sees for us. He loves us. Whatever battles you're facing, just know that he's with you and he's building resilience in you. He said, God's telling Joshua, no, God knows he's about to fight 31 kings. But he knew that there was something in Joshua that would overcome these kings. He knew it. He knew he had it in him. He knew he had it in him. He knew he had it in him. Could it be that God sees that you have it in you? Could it be that the battles you're facing as giant as they feel, as big as they feel, is because God believes in you? It's because God sees that you have it in you. You have all that it takes to overcome. Joshua chapter 1, verses 5 through 9, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. That you may observe to do according to all the law, the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written, and for then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. He gives them the key to prosperity, the word of God. The word of God, he says, whatever you do, just stay in the word. Friend, whatever you're going through, just stay in the word. Whatever battle you're facing, stay in the word. Do not deviate to the right or the left. Just stay in the word. Oh, Pastor Marco, so hard for me to read the Bible. Who cares? How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? Come on. There's gotta, uh, something's got to rise on the inside of you. You say enough is enough. I'm going to fight for my family. I'm going to fight for my life. I'm going to fight for myself first. I'm going to fight for my family. I'm, I'm going I'm to defeat these giants for my lineage, my children, my grandchildren. Stay in the word. Just stay in the word. Joshua 1, verse, verse 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I want to give you the definition. We're going to end with this. I want to give you the definition of the word courage. Is that all right? Because courage is essential to take on territory and to experience transformation if we go from bondage to breakthrough. You've got to have some courage. We've got to have some courage. And I promise you, there's so many times I feel, gosh, where are you? Battles we're facing. It's like, God, I can't believe people keep doing these things. Do you not love me? Why do they keep saying these things? Why do they keep acting like that? But we need courage. Watch the definition of courage. Courage, a quality of mind or temperament that enables one to stand fast in the, fast in the face of opposition. Listen to this. Courage is not, even, is not even a part of the conversation until there's opposition. You can't tell me you're courageous if your life is so easy. So many of us want life to be easy. Oh, I don't want any problems in my life. I want it to be good. Can I tell you, I, I launched a business in 2013. The journey began in 2010. And all I wanted was no problems. 
Well, that vision lasted for about two hours. Because being in business and being in the marketplace and being whatever it is that you're called to do, whatever sphere of culture you're trying, you've been called to conquer, there are going to be some problems, but we're called to be problem solvers. And courage begins when, when arises when opposition comes. Watch this. A quality of mind or temperament that enables one to stand fast in the face of opposition, hardship, or danger. Had the kind of courage that could appreciate a danger yet steadfastly face it. Watch the synonyms for courage. Come on. We're a church that's fresh, real, and powerful. Okay. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Don't get, it, get mad at me. Get mad at the dictionary in my Bible software. When I looked up, give me the definition of the word courage. This is what came up. Balls. Cojones, have men under the anointing of God emerge men. I've been sent to tell you, have some balls and some cojones. Come on, somebody. Get up and fight for your family. Come on, for your career, for your business, for your future. And all the wives said. You know that that's the best, can I, the best advice I've ever been given, I kid you not, I was going, we were going through some stuff, my wife and I, I didn't know what to do, some relationship stuff years ago. I want to be sensitive how much I divulge because, you know, they might listen to this message and I won't be covering. But the best advice that I was given by a pastor, a friend, pastor friend, he said, Marco, he was Australian, by the way. Marco, you've got to grow some balls. The moment he said that, something hit me. And my life changed. Because in my 20s, that's why I'm telling you environment is so powerful. You want to be in this environment because it's an environment of courage. I lost, I've always been a fighter since I was a little kid. My name Marco means war, warrior. I didn't know that. But I've always been a fighter in my 20s. I got in the wrong environment, not the kind of environment you think, but I was in an environment with friends that they just wanted to be politically correct. They wanted to be, you know, kind, just loving and kind to everyone. And I still want to be loving and kind to everyone, but, you know, wanted to be liked by everyone. Fear of man was prevalent. It was like, I want to be nice to everyone. I lost my fight. And it wasn't until I came to Awaken Church that God began to deliver me from the fear of man. Where, you know... You might be here today, be like, oh, Marco's kind of weird, and I'll, I'll love you. I really don't care anymore. But people, I don't care what people think about me anymore. You know what did it for me? The craziest thing. It was when I ran for office, when I went to the political space. People were saying all kinds of things for me, and God used that opposition. Come on, somebody, I'm telling you. Battles, battles, battles are the key to transformation. Battles, embrace the battles in your life. I'm telling you, it's what's next for maturity as a Christian. It's battles. That's why James said... Uh, he said, count it all joy when you, f when you face, when you fight various trials. Count it all joy when you're facing various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Somebody say battles. So I come to this church and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got in the right environment. Courage, my fight came back. And God used the political stuff to, to really deliver me and set me free from the fear of man. I just sense right now there are some people here today. That God is calling you to be a curse breaker, 
come on, to fight for the bondage that was passed on to you so you can experience freedom in your life. And there's some other people. In fact, if that's you, I want you to come to the front. I don't want you to be ashamed. I want you to come to the front. If you're, if you're ready to fight for some battles, come on, for your family. If there's some curses that you know you need to break through. And if you're here today and you feel like, you know what, I need a shot of faith and courage in my life. I need some courage because I'm going through some battles. I want you to come to the front because I want to pray for you. The worship team is going to help us. They're going to begin to sing. And we're going to pray. Amen? All right, let's do it. Sing it together. Can you imagine what the Lord can do? Come on, He's gonna move in your life. He's gonna move. Can you imagine? 
Redemption. Watch, God's about to move right now. Just close your eyes. Lift up your hands to heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, I ask you to come and fill this room right now. Fill this room with your presence. Anything can happen with an atmosphere of faith like this. And I just ask you to begin to move right now in the name of Jesus. Kiri ala bashete rebo shondaramande, rabasete remo shondaramande derevas. I see chains being broken right now, in the name of Jesus. Some some of you have been experiencing bondage for a long time. I see ten years. 10 years of bondage, 10 years of bondage, specifically to pornography. And I come right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the authority of heaven, to break it off right now in the name of Jesus. God's going to give you a grace to overcome. Watch this. He's going to surround you with people that will encourage you and love you. I see you joining a recovery program. And I want to say right now, there is no shame. Come on, somebody. Take away the shame right now, guilt and shame. The devil brings shame, but God brings freedom. You're about to experience the freedom that is in Christ. I see chains being broken. I see chains being broken right now in the name of Jesus. Curses. I see the curse of negativity. Much like the ten spies, they came back with a bad report. Negativity was passed on to you by your mom. In fact, when you go visit your mom, all you hear is negativity. But I break it off right now in the name of Jesus. In fact, just like Isaiah chapter 6, the Bible says that God sent a coal and he sealed the lips of Isaiah. And he's sealing your lips right now. And everything that's going to come out of your mouth is going to be faith. I'm telling you because God did it in my life. I used to be a complainer and so negative. And God sealed my mouth at the age of 19. And the majority of what comes out of my mouth, unless my wife calls me out, is faith. I'm telling you, I've seen it in my life. It's happening. And it's about to happen in your life. In fact, put your, put your hands on your mouth right now. I, see, I feel the spirit of faith being released right now. And faith is activated by our words. 
Come on, just put your hand on your lips right now. God is about to anoint your lips to speak faith. Watch this. A break, I break right now the curse of negativity in the name of Jesus. The kingdom of darkness moves in negativity. The kingdom of darkness moves in negativity. It's a critical spirit. Everything is negative. But watch God just seal your lips right now by the Holy Spirit. Come on, it would be a people that speak faith and declare the goodness of God, the power of God, the anointing of God that we believe. We believe for the impossible. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I just call out courage right now. How many of you are here right now and you're believing for faith and for courage for the battles you're facing? Holy Spirit, come on and fill our hearts with courage. Let us be inspired. Come on, by a move of God, by what Jesus did on the cross, that we would find courage in our lives to stand up much like the video and fight. Come on and fight those battles that are in front of us so we can, we can win these battles for our children and our grandchildren. Thank you for your courage, Holy Spirit. Would you come and move right now in our lives in the name of Jesus. Move in our lives. And I, I see refreshing happening as well. Some of you have been going through a really tough season. A lot of battles. And in fact, I feel the Holy Spirit saying, you've done well. You keep fighting and you keep showing up and you're here today. But I feel the Holy Spirit bringing refreshing right now. Refreshing, refreshing. Watch your soul is going to experience refreshing right now. You're going to feel, you're going to feel rest and you're going to feel hope. How do you know that you're experiencing refreshing? Because your heart begins to feel hope. And you begin, your world begins to seem, you start seeing clearly. Because of the refreshing that it's, it's hard, it's hard to take on battles, to take on more territory when you're tired. But watch the Holy Spirit restore you right now in the name of Jesus. Some of us that have been going through a lot of tiredness, the Holy Spirit is coming and bring rest and restoration right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, like a wave. Just feel it. Come on, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Fill our hearts with peace. Fill our hearts with your comfort. And fill our hearts with your faith. Fill our hearts with your faith, with your courage to take on the battles that we're meant to take. That we would be like Joshua. Come on strong and courageous. Fighting the 31 kings and overcoming Come on, the Bible calls us more than overcomers, more than conquerors through him that loved us. Thank you, Jesus. We receive it right now by faith. Come on, God, I ask you that we would never forget July 23rd, 2023, when you touched us and you filled our lives with courage. And some of you are about to get your fight back. Watch. You're about to receive your fight back. It's coming back to you right now in the name of Jesus. Your fight is coming back right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You're going to use it for good. Watch. You're going to fight for the good things. Come on, you're going to fight sin. You're going to fight all that the devil is trying to send your way. You're going to fight it in the name of Jesus. You're going to be courageous. You're going to stand up for the right things. Thank you, Jesus. We love you so much. We praise you. We worship you. Take over our lives in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. 
Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.